Hi folks, welcome to the Rossi's Live Life Well podcast episode number seven. Um, I'm Liam Killington and as ever I'm joined by Sophie Appel. Sophie, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's really good to be here. Um, yeah, I've had a good week and I uh, hope you've had a good one as well. I'll take a good yeah, week. Not bad, thank Tuesday. You. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't asked you about your week yet either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you anyway. <laughs> yeah it's been good um i think probably the first thing we need to talk about is the fact that we have had the really good news that that the fitness industry can reopen effectively Hooray! gyms can reopen swimming pools can reopen yeah so it's really good news um so for any any members listening to this um we will be opening on saturday the 25th of july um, so Saturday's a bit of a, a funny day to, to open, but they seem to be doing things like that, opening things on, on odd days. But. It's weird. You'd think it'd be a Monday, but there you go. <laughs> <It's weird>. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as I'm sure everybody can appreciate, there's a hell of a lot for us to sort out and the way things are going to work. Although we've got some, you know, some, some good plans in place, there's still more to do. So mm. um, just members keep an eye on emails um, and we'll be posting stuff to social media as well. So um, just keep an eye out. We, we will be contacting you with, with sort of details of everything from classes to gym to pool. Um, so yeah, it's coming. We, it feels it feels like it's now not far away, which is good. It feels like it's been a million years <laughs> since the yeah, lockdown no, began. <laughs> and I don't think it's helped us because pubs have been able to open, shops have been able to open, all of these things could open, and it almost feels like we're kind of the you know one of the last, which we are, which is understandable. Um, yeah, it's taken a while to get here, isn't it? It really, really has. But it's nice to think <laughs> there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah, I know loads absolutely. of our members I know loads of our members are like itching to come back. And I know I also know that a lot of members are worried about the fact that they're not ready to come back yet. They're they're rather just concerned in general or they're they're gonna be shielding for a little while. So there will be an online presence continuing uh, with the Facebook stuff. Um, you'll have to just bear with us a little bit on that and just stay tuned for details on how we're going to do that and how we're going to operate with that. But we're going to try and look after everybody and all of their needs as much as we possibly, possibly can. Yes, absolutely. Um, once again, I just wanted to thank everybody who listened to the last podcast, um, which was us talking shop about fitness, um, the components of fitness. Um, that was good I fun, really, actually. Cause, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, we've not spoken fitness for a while so really. I mean, it's quite nice to, to talk about that really um so if you haven't listened to it go back and have a listen um, we discuss all sorts of things really muscular strength endurance body composition flexibility um all of those components of fitness it was a good yeah. good fun to do and, and hopefully it people was. will enjoy enjoy the listen as well yeah i think so however the good news is we've got a guest this week. We have. So people haven't got to put up <laughs> with just me and you, so. <laughs> um, so joining us this week is Donna Luce. Um, Donna is a general practice nurse, but she specialises in um, women's health. So we're going to be talking all things women's health in this episode. Hi, Donna. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thank you, guys. And thank you both for inviting me uh, this evening. And I am going to start off with saying that um, like Sophie's online classes have been the well-being of the community. And I think we should all thank her greatly for doing that for us all. Oh, Keep thank you Absolutely. So much, I, I second that. <laughs> oh, <I'll>, stop. <laughs> oh, you guys are so sweet. Thank you, Don. I'm really glad that I've been able to put something together online just through Facebook Live that's been useful to the community and to yourself. So that's, that's really nice. That's warmed my heart. Thanks. Nice. 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 
thank you and welcome along to the Rossi's Live Life Well podcast. It's been a great little project that Liam put together, I don't know how many weeks ago now. When did we do the first one? How many weeks into lockdown were we? Um, it was the end of April, <laughs> no <idea>. I think. <laughs> yeah, it seems a long, long time maybe, ago. Maybe like six weeks in or something like that, yeah? Maybe five weeks Yeah. Um, yeah, we obviously we said we were going to do it weekly initially, but as things have sort of accelerated and we've started <laughs> to come out of tricky. lockdown, it's yeah. it's been a bit harder. So um, I think it'll be we want to obviously want to keep it going um, even mm. when we open, but it's just a case of it might not be weekly. It'll be as and when we can we can do it. Really. <laughs> as and when we can, you just have to wait and see. So yeah, it's great to have you with us tonight, Donna. Tell us a little bit about uh, how your role has been over this very interesting period of time since lockdown how has your job been tell us about that okay. so for those that already know me out there i do love to tell a story so thank you sophie for opening up the platform for me beautifully um, so obviously as a general practice nurse working within the, the the town it is a community feel once again when we deliver health um, and i think it's very noticeable that back 14 weeks ago when we went into lockdown um, general practices across North Norfolk basically had to uh, shut their doors as such but obviously we knew we still had to provide a health service uh, so we had to undertake a lot of restructuring in a very very short space of time mm -hmm. so within about two to three weeks we basically reinvented how we delivered healthcare, which has to be I have to be honest probably the most stressful phase ever in my career that I would not want imagine. to do again um, and I think equally for all of you guys that are now going back into your workplaces um, who have had to make changes, you are probably at the stage we were at 14 weeks ago and we've come through yeah. that journey. Yeah. So if any of you are feeling anxious about basically how it's going to affect you and how you're going to manage your work, you will get there. But it is a lot to get your head around to make things safe, secure and deliver what you want to deliver to your population. Uh, so general practice nursing in a whole has gone pretty much from where we used to do 11% kind of remote consultations. Um, most of our work is obviously face to face. We've pretty much flipped that on its head where we've done about 80% of um, remote talking to people via video or telephone links now doing consultations. And obviously then triaging where possible, bringing people in to have a face to face appointment where essential treatment was needed. Um, we've carried on within general practice nursing with um, things like high-risk smear procedures, baby immunisations, because obviously we don't want to put our children and babies at risk of other diseases, uh, essential injections, essential wound care, um, and obviously where we needed to do investigations if there was a concern with an underlying cancer, we still had those referral places um, in, in place. So, yeah, it's been a very interesting 14 weeks. We are now starting to restore our services where we're now starting to look at how we bring in patients safely back into the practice uh, to provide the face-to-face -face care they now need for certain um, disease um, processes um, and obviously we have to make sure that our waiting rooms and our surgeries are social distancing um, we obviously have to ensure we've got correct PPE in for the staff and for the the patients coming into the practice and that we have enough time between our surgery appointments to clean down all working services and make sure we're donning and doffing our PPE correctly. So it's, it's changing again the way we're delivering our care um, and we will still predominantly where we can keep uh, remote telephone and video consultations because to be fair it's working really effectively in GP land. So yeah that's, that's a 14 week journey that we've been on. What a I think it's incredible. Yeah, what a journey. But I think it's incredible how 
when you're forced to change, how quickly change can be, be implemented. Um, you know, particularly for what you, you know, you and the team around you do, Donna, is, is so important. You know, that had to change and, and the service had to remain, didn't it? It's incredible yeah. what you can do in that short space of time. Yeah, and we, we've kind of almost sat there and said that things that we've been looking to do within um, general practice um, has been trying to change to a way of doing maybe video and online consultations, but the drive has never really been there. And we would have probably have taken meeting after meeting after meeting to make it happen. And literally within two weeks, the NHS yeah. Yeah. digital platforms, we had webcams set up, we've got laptops so we could also work remotely to try and reduce the amount of people within our surgery. So basically we have reinvented how primary care looks and to be mm. quite honest, especially for me, if I'm honest in women's health, the consultation process of contraception and sexual health advice is actually easier to access for my, for my patients now because they don't have to take time out of work. They don't have mm. to, if they live in the city, travel 40 minutes to have a 50 minute appointment and have to take half a day off work. So I think there'll be elements that we will continue to use because for our population, yeah. it will work really effectively. I think um, that's a really interesting point. I think that that shows the, the kind of almost positive that's come out of this. A lot of, a lot of industries, not just kind of the health and you know, NHS and, and looking after health, but fitness as well and, and other industries and counselling and therapy and things like that. When you'd have to drive somewhere to, to be with someone to have that appointment and then drive home again you, you can just go on or even education you just log on and you're doing a webinar or you're doing a course or you're, you're doing your session of speaking to a person and you can get all that information you're like wow i didn't even have to get in my car that's brilliant and i do think that's yeah positive the environment as well isn't it because there's less traffic on the roads as well i've actually i experienced it it was probably the first week um the surgery were doing it i fortunately didn't have anything too serious but i needed to speak to a doctor um so i had a telephone conversation and for me at the time we, we, it wasn't locked down we were still at work so i i knew the call was going to happen i could take 10 minutes out of my day have a conversation mm-hmm. um and it, it it was job done for me it was so much easier so so much easier um and, and, you know, as you said earlier, really, it's, you've, you've got to take those positives. And I think if you're, if you're a working person with, with something which possibly isn't too serious and it can be done over the phone, I think it works really well for people. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's definitely a good point. And even, we don't want to stay quite as distant as we obviously are at the moment and that it's too far that way. But I think we can, into the future, go, yeah, well, let's keep this as an option and, and as a way we do things as well as, as everything else. Cause sometimes you don't need to go and be somewhere physically. Sometimes you can get exactly what you need through a video call, uh, like doing podcasts. We would never have started a Rossi's podcast would, would be within the next probably five years without this push, this force of, okay, you have to evolve. You have to pivot right now. And so many businesses and so many people have done that and pivoted what they do and go, okay, we can adapt. We can do this. I guess one of the one of the concerns is, and I'm sure Donna, you you know, you've probably experienced this, is that somebody possibly has something out there that that does need attention, and they think, well, I don't want to, I don't want to overburden the NHS, or I don't want to put myself at risk, and people then don't make contact when they do need to. 
well. Yeah, and, and that is a big concern for us as healthcare um, clinicians because we are aware that we are potentially going to see an increase in overlooked cases where people have either decided they're too frightened to come out mm. because they're either shielded or they want to come to the GP practice or maybe feel that we're not seeing anybody. I think there's a perception that we kind of closed our doors and we're not there and we are working behind the scenes and we're offering a, a full service just in a very different fashion. So I would suggest to anybody who has got health concerns that they may have either been sitting on throughout lockdown and thinking, I can't trouble them. We are here, we're providing a service. We want to be able to um, assess you, treat you effectively and refer you on where it is needed. So we don't want to have this glut of people who have got mm. conditions that have been overlooked because of their concerns about um, COVID and or burdening the NHS because we do have a service to provide and that is what we're there for at the end of the day. It's better to see people quickly sooner with a lot of cases than later on down the line when everything's exacerbated or or developed or, or, or got worse so you've got to nip it in the bud sometimes so to speak so that's a really valid point so I hope our, our listeners take heed to that advice but then it concerns they have yeah. you know get hold of your gp make that phone call perhaps it will be a, a video call or a phone call that that's all you need but if your your practitioner decides that actually we need to see you we need to make sure you're okay you're a valued member of the community and you're just as important to everybody that, that may have something really really obvious so yeah don't hesitate to get in touch with your healthcare practitioner wherever you are listening to to this podcast yeah, yeah. that's a really good point and, yeah. I, and I think there's been some concerns about obviously what services we've maybe had to stop, which we did. We were given guidance from the Royal College of General Practitioners and that's now un un unlocking. And I think one of the biggest concerns I think in women's health is the, the cervical screening uptake. Mm. Um, and I know that women will be anxious if maybe they haven't been called for their screening. So there was a two month stop where they didn't send out invites because they knew that the service wasn't happening most practices now um, the invites have gone out again since june the 6th so women will be now receiving their um, cervical screening and i yeah. would obviously advocate that you get yourself booked in to have that cervical screening yeah like it's you used to say that I, I received my letter for my reminder <laughs> for, for my cervical screening and I, my first reaction was oh i'm really surprised i've received this because it, it, it must have been a few weeks ago now but oh that's I didn't expect to. I thought that'd be months down the line that there'd be. I, I have no idea when I was due one. I can't remember when I had the last one. <laughs> um, it's every three years, isn't it? But that yeah. that window that disappears into the back of your mind, and you can't remember where it was. So receiving this letter, I'm like, oh my goodness, they're they're actually doing that now. That's that's really good. But are they ready for that? There's a little bit of anxiety behind that, and I'm like, well, should I really be burdening the NHS with me saying, oh, I'm going to come in for my routine appointment? Should I, and I haven't made that appointment yet. I, and you are, I know you'll give me a look. You now. will be now, <laughs> won't you? <laughs> I will. I will after our, our podcast. I absolutely well will. Um, but yeah, I was yeah, initially surprised, then anxious, and then, well, I'll worry about that in a little bit. But yeah, yeah. So, ladies, if you're listening, you will get your letter, and that they are obviously ready. And obviously, they, would, they wouldn't be sending out the invitation letters to come in and do that. So, do go in and have it, and I'll make sure I make my appointment as well. I'm sort of worrying about the fact that I'll be causing too much trouble. I'm guessing you need to go in with face mask and, and everything like that. Yeah, so, so 
Yeah, all surgeries are asking that patients wear face coverings um, and the majority of the, well, I, I can't speak for all, but I know there are, the majority of the surgeries are screening patients. So obviously, if you have been um, in contact with anybody who's got any symptoms of COVID or you yourself have any COVID-like symptoms, which would be temperature, um, constant cough, loss of taste and smell, then you wouldn't be coming to the practice. Um, yeah. we, do, we do ask those questions as a screening question and we do take the temperatures of our patients. And unfortunately, if you do have a temperature, whether it is of COVID related or not, we would um, ask you not to enter the building because yeah. we have to be mindful that we obviously do have very unwell patients with um, immune systems that could be quite low. And we have to keep that, that safety for all. Um, concerned in the building. Absolutely, absolutely. What would you say, Donna, is the one piece of advice? For, uh, okay, alongside, if you've got your cervical screening letter, ladies, make your appointment and don't be afraid of that. Other than that, what's, what's the biggest takeaway that you've got from COVID that you would give people advice on now or the biggest concern for you coming out of this situation into the near future? I think it is going back to the fact that we are going to have um, many people who have possibly got quite a big lifestyle changes that have happened through COVID. So we might be experiencing some people who've gone through um, grief and bereavement because they might have mm. lost people through that phase. Mm. They might have had um, symptoms like I suggested that they've sat upon and not wanted to come in. Now is the time. Please do contact us so we can actually assess you um, and treat you effectively. Um, I've also, I suppose, as a woman's health nurse, got that slight um, concern that there might be relationships out there that have broken down and there we might have a, a, a new generation of uh, male and females heading out into the big wide community um, starting new sexual relationships and haven't thought about contraception or sexually transmitted diseases. Um, we've also got um, lots of young vulnerable patients who possibly haven't been in school, who might be out um, I'm not going to suggest abusing situations, but might be putting themselves at risk. So we'd be wanting to try and make contact with our younger population whilst they're not in school and to say the health service is there to access them. And there's also that underlying concern about people's general mental well-being with underlying sort of anxieties, depression, stress, because COVID has affected everybody in such a different way. Um, we've got potential redundancies happening in working situations and it's keep your passageways open to talk and communicate to any support network you have around you or to reach out to the general practice for those underlying mental health concerns that you might have or you might have about somebody else. Because um, I do, do feel that we're going to be in for a bit of a, a journey with regards to those mental health conditions in the community. And that's where I think health and fitness also comes into its real own, that you've supported people through that 14 weeks of isolation, giving them that outreach, keeping that mental health going with good exercise. And that's where probably we all start working together as a community, the health service provider, the, 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 the well-being of fitness, we've now got beauticians open that give also well-being to people yes. feeling good about themselves yes, so i can get my nails done again yeah yes. and there's so <laughs> many things where you kind of feel we all interlink to try and support our community as a whole don't we and offering everything to those to those individuals you're so right and i think there's a real feel of community and, and coming together and yeah. supporting local businesses as well and staying connected and possibly within families people are more connected the people they don't really see physically, maybe they're, or hopefully, I think a lot of people are more connected to people they wouldn't normally get the chance to see because everyone's gone, oh, let's give this, let's give this Zoom thing a go. Let's try and have a get together 
even though we can't get together. And so I think people have been quite innovative. Um, yeah, I, I do think you're right about mental health. Though. I think everybody's mental health has taken a little bit of a battering. We're all going to um, react in different ways. A lot of introverted people are going to be kind of maybe more withdrawn and initially really pleased about the fact they don't have to see anyone but I don't think I don't know if long term that's going to be a good thing for them extroverted people like myself that need people around them all the time and, and like to be <laughs> have a real social buzz around them that I think I found it really difficult to not to have people around which is why doing the classes on the Facebook group has been a bit of a savior just for myself it's wonderful that I've been able to help people and they've appreciated it and hopefully it's helped their mental and physical health but for me I would have gone crackers without it absolutely <laughs> crackers without delivering that and having I, even though I'm just talking to myself on the screen all the time the little comments that pop up and you know, people that say hi and they put selfies in the group and and just just you just know they're joining in because your little the little eye thing at the top of the Facebook um live says how many people are there that's just been an absolute savior for me but it is interesting I think it's how incredible much. how you know how how powerful that is really i think yeah. when we initially started that we said well we're going to need to put classes online but <laughs> effectively what we've done is taken our community of members into the online world and yes. i know we've spoken about it a few times previously whereby everybody's isolated they're all in their front room or their dining or where in the garden wherever they're doing the class but like you just said so if you can see all the other people that are online with you and instantly it doesn't make you feel quite as isolated. I think yeah. you, you almost feel part of something, even though you're not physically with those people. And I think that's sort of made a big difference for, for a lot of people. Yeah, it's just so nice. It's, it's a real special thing. And like I said, I think it's, it's grown into something more special and, and it's more and bigger than we ever thought it was going to be. We just thought, oh, we, we're going to have to deliver online. We had no idea how successful it was going to be. I had no idea how successful Facebook Live was going to be. I had no idea how easy or difficult it was going to be to use and the technical hitches. I had a few issues here and there. And sometimes midway through a class, the internet will have a little crash and I'll need to restart the live again and just go again. So it's not without its issues, but generally it's been so much more successful than we thought it was going to be. And uh, getting on for 700 members of the Facebook group, I think there's currently, as I speak, 675 members in that Rossi's Members and Friends Facebook group, which is absolutely astonishing. I remember us having conversation there and saying, well, if we get to 300, that's awesome. And then it surpassed yeah. that. And we're like, well, if it gets to 400, that's incredible. And then it surpassed that, and then it just kind of kept going. It's kind of and I think, stabilized I think it goes, a bit now. I think it goes full circle to relate back to what Donna first said, you know, and about the community thing. If, mm. you know, if there's seven, best part of 700 people out there, which if, you know, the classes that you've done have helped them just a little bit, then we've made a difference and, and we've helped. Um, and I think that's, that's really important. Absolutely. I've received some lovely, lovely messages um, and rightly people so. And rightly saying so. uh, thank you because of it. not just people from our um, physical community, not just Rossi's members, physical members, but members from all over the world. We've often had this conversation about how we've got people in Japan and Austria and Barbados and uh, South Africa and Germany and uh, all these people that could ever come to Rossi's because it's too far away from where they live. But they've also said, oh, thank you so much because this has done this for, my, for, for how I feel and it's made me feel this and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm like, just, just little me, just doing my little bum's legs and tums, making jokes about myself and, you know, 
um, it's, it's just amazing how you can create that through a screen. And that five yeah, years absolutely. ago, I don't think. Yeah, and I think thinking about that as well from a health point of view is how interesting it's going to be if, and I think we will continue, like I said, to deliver consultations in this way. It'd be really lovely to get that public feedback of how they find those consultations and actually if it works better for their lifestyle and is, yeah. is that the uptake of consultations from that point of view going to improve because we're maybe more easily accessible because yeah. Yeah. We've got, if you've got childcare issues and you, you need to just have a consultation about a health concern how much easier is it just to know you can pick up and have a telephone appointment rather than trying to sort out somebody to look after your children because mm. obviously at the moment especially in our surgery we're trying to discourage families coming down so obviously for parents with young children we wouldn't dismiss them out of the surgery but we try and encourage them not to bring their children but actually mm. picking up the telephone and having that consultation is so much easier than coming into the actual space of the doctor's surgery so it would be very interesting to see how else maybe our public and community would like to see us using yeah. either social media from a health point of view or the video telephone consultations to provide them with the services that they want would be really good feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Have you found, have you done a lot of, what's your kind of ratio between a telephone and video call and that kind of thing? What's the platform that's kind of worked best for you in your practice? So different, different clinicians um, use different platforms with regards to what they need to actually visualise. So obviously if we've got a lesion or a, a skin yeah. condition. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the bulk of it is telephone. We have to remember within, within our Norfolk area, we do have a very vulnerable elderly um, yeah. population. But what we've managed to do is our surgery, and I think we should be very proud of it, is we've managed to really tap into all of our vulnerable elderly by doing wellbeing and phone calls to ensure that they've got food, they've got healthcare, they've got the medication, we set up a medication delivery service so they, they could get their medication um, and making sure they've got all that support there. So they've probably had, in a way, more contact that, from health professionals than oh, they would have. That's really good. Just to be so nice. aware that they are what we call our, our creaky gate, so to speak. And if they become <laughs> unwell, they end up going into hospital and putting the pressure on the NHS. So sure. primary care has a really important part to play to try and relieve secondary care pressures by keeping those that population well at home and that was a big part of what general practices knew we had to do to, to support the whole the whole structure really that's really um, interesting it's nice to have that insight of, of kind of how you guys have, have looked at it behind the scenes and gone right what do we need to do community wise um, because yes. we're such a different job role and we're providing leisure generally and we don't think of it as, as, as such an important thing obviously what you do is try and keep everybody actually going and really well and, and these poor vulnerable older people that are probably extremely scared of the whole situation and, and especially being told they're more at risk for, for covid and everything like that and more at risk for severe symptoms and hospitalization everything like that the fact that you've made sure you've reached out to all of those people and had those telephone conversations etc which and they all know how to pick up a telephone call asking them to do a zoom like we're having right now they might be like oh like asking <laughs> my, mother my dad do, doing this i know <laughs> asking my mother to do a zoom bless her uh, yeah she just panics and technology is really frightening for people so they're frightened already because of covid and then they're frightened more because of technology but if you just pick up a phone and go how are you doing? Have you got enough food in the house? Have you got your medication? Are you sorted? That's just, that's really lovely to hear. It's really reassuring. 
Yeah, and we've we've found pockets of different populations. So there's been like ladies who have delivered babies in lockdown, and automatically they've they've not got that you know that postnatal stage that you used to go to all your your classes and you used to do those things. Yeah, that was they 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 had nothing. So first time mums with their first babies, they might not have even had their ability to have the family support. So we've done wellbeing yes, yeah. checks. They've come in because we've obviously carried on the baby immunisation program. So we've picked them yeah. up and an eye on on that as well so there's been pockets of people that we've used telephone consultations for because of their age and demographics and then our younger population video consultations but once again a telephone call to discuss their contraception needs is still being yeah. done we do we've That's basically really continued the whole service but just done it via a telephone unless we've brought patients down to physically see them when yeah. needed. like like you do say, you find good. Sorry, Safe, carry on. <laughs> I was just going to, like you, like you say, that's probably going to continue to an extent yeah. into the future and go, well, actually, it's easier to do it like that. Why didn't we do it like that before? Yeah. Yeah, go on, Lim. <laughs> can, can you, I was just wondering, if in a telephone or a video platform, can you see more people kind of per hour than you would do if you were meeting them face question. to face? So, so that's an interesting question and you may consider you will but actually you don't because it's it's kind of harder because you've lost the interaction so doing a face-to-face -face consultation you pick up so much of body language and expression yeah the emotional element of how that patient might be feeling by their whole demeanor so you have to really actively listen quite it's quite a different skill to do certainly the telephone consultations because you're really actively listening to their tone of their voice and what you're picking up on little cues that they may drop into that conversation yeah so you carry on doing the same consultation format as you would do with their face-to-face -face. so i have to be honest no the, the time is still the same oh, for the majority sense. of the consultations because you are still delivering the same service and yeah. you're just moving the physical part of the consultation but you often if you need to do that you're booking that another appointment so it equates to the same to be quite honest yeah. so it, right. it saves people time because they don't have to drive anywhere get anywhere yeah but it but doesn't actually get more no. people yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm. No, I, I see what you mean. And uh, yeah, I've had the opportunity to do certain things by phone, and I'm like, no, 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 let's do it. Let's do it on Zoom or or, or on um, WhatsApp video or whatever platform you're using. Because on the on the phone, I don't I don't like just hearing the voice. No, uh, it's a very, it's very different way of consulting. To be fair, yeah. The difficulty sometimes with the video is that the consent and confidentiality element. That obviously, when you bring somebody in to have a consultation, you bring them into your space, and you're in a, they're in a clinical environment, they're in a waiting or in in a clinical space. Whereas obviously, when you're doing it and they're in their own home environment, you don't know what else is going on around them. No, no, that's yeah. quite right. So there's lots yeah, of really things. Is will be considering taking forward to use it as an ongoing service, but we just need to look at yeah. it. Yeah, what a massive learning curve. Yeah, we've <laughs> been on a big learning curve and journey. And, and so steep as well. There was no little baby steps. It was just like, this has changed, this has changed. This has changed. Day to day to day, everything got very different so fast. It just felt like 100 miles an hour, especially right at the start. And now it's going to feel a bit like that, trying to get back into... It's not normal yet, it's the new normal, which I hate saying. <laughs> don't like the feel of the new normal, but we're having to kind of learn again very, very quickly to get back into the world and go, oh, no way, we've got to sterilise everything, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And yeah, it, it's, all, it's all changing, it's all huge learning. 
Yeah, and as human beings, we, 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 we can adapt to change, but we've had a lot of changes happening in a very short space mm -hmm. of time. And that can feel extremely overwhelming for people yes. and a little bit out of control. And people who are normally the most in control people will feel very unsettled by it all. But a change process happens. We come through the other end, find the positives and move on and, and keep the bits that have worked really well, I think, from, yes. from all of us. I think that's yeah, a great absolutely. takeaway. I think that's a great 100%. takeaway. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I completely agree. Super. I think that just about ties this session up in a nice, neat little bow with that last little statement there, Donna. So I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for our uh, Zoom podcast meeting tonight. So we hope all our listeners enjoy this one uh, tonight. So ladies, get your smear test book in. If you've had <laughs> yeah. your letter, I will. I'll be making sure I do that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if you are, if you're experiencing any symptoms of anything at all that you've been putting off, because of the situation, things are going back to normal. Your your GP will be there to help you out. Make that appointment or make, make the phone call and ask for the advice. If you just need a telephone call, telephone consultation, that's what they'll give you. So please reach out if you feel like something is not right with you. Absolutely. That's what, that's my takeaway for you all. <laughs> I was a little bit concerned when I knew we were going to be talking about women's, women's health, to be honest. <laughs> you were so um, worried tonight, weren't you? <laughs> Fortunately, it wasn't quite as bad as what I thought it was going to be. I thought it'd be fine. We were quite kind to you, to be quite We honest. really were. If there was a question we and answer session off your listeners, <laughs> it would turn slightly different. But we should do that another time. That's another time. Perhaps we'll leave that for another time. Yes, yeah, we'll do that absolutely. another time. <laughs> well, thank, thank you for joining us, Donna. Is there anything that you sort of wanted to add that we haven't covered um, throughout mm. the podcast? No, I just think it's just be kind to each and every one of you because, you know, we've all been on a very, very, very interesting mm. journey and there's still a long way to go yet. And uh, I think yeah. you look after Absolutely. yourself out there and, and talk to people when you can. Really good advice. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you, Donna. I just want to say a massive thank you to you and your colleagues for, for everything that the NHS have done throughout this mm. whole situation. Um, and from me, and from me, yes. Yeah, it's 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 been incredible, and it's really good to to hear that you've kept the service going throughout, um, and and you know nothing's really been missed. And yeah, I just echo what you you've both said. Really, um, if, contact contact your GP surgery if mm. you you know if you need anything. Um, now's the time to do it because I certainly know my perception yeah. would have been that well, I don't want to bother them. I don't exactly. want the GP. You know, um, exactly. So yeah, it is a worry and thought that there could be people out there with with things that need to be seen or treated. So yeah, yep. if you're worried about anything, make that contact for sure. Super. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you both. Uh, it's been a great talk tonight. So thanks, Donna. Thank you both. Yeah, and thanks, thanks, Donna. Nice to speak to you. And enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll be in touch with another podcast soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Thanks, thanks Donna. Bye bye. Bye.